Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 279. What can a vegan learn from McDonald's? What can a vegan learn from Coca-Cola, right? Let's be smart. Let's really embrace money to the degree that we can use their strategies and deliver the message for our cause. When you let go of things that no longer serve you as a person, they're just cluttering your life. And if you can declutter those worldly possessions, you are then able to understand what your purpose in life is. Have that vision for what you want your dream life to be like. Put it out there. Set the intention. Believe that it's possible. Pay attention to your intuition and it's magical what happens. We're going to go behind the scenes of our podcast guests where you will learn the exact systems, strategies, and real world advice and inspiration on how you can build a career out of the knowledge, expertise, experiences, and passions that you have had in your life. And that's what the Food Heals VIP Club is. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Food Heals fam, today is a really exciting episode where I am going to introduce you to my brand new baby. It's my brand new project. My brand new podcast, The Food Heals VIP Club. And it's something that I've been working really hard on for a while now, and it's finally here. So The Food Heals VIP Club will take you behind the scenes of Food Heals podcast guests, health and wellness businesses. So does anyone listen to NPR's How I Built This with Guy Raz? It's kind of like that, but we only talk to wellness entrepreneurs. People who have businesses online, these are your influences, your coaches, your authors, your bloggers, your podcasters, speakers, people who have created careers out of their passions, their stories, and their life experiences, and who really have goals to help people get healthier and serve others in a bigger way. So let me give you a little backstory about how the Food Heals VIP Club was born, where it came from, and really what it is. You know, besides being wildly passionate about holistic health and healing and the notion that food heals, I have another passion, and that is entrepreneurship and teaching people to build businesses out of their passions, businesses that serve the world and serve our souls, which is a component of health, waking up every day excited to be alive and excited for what's on the plate for the day. I've just never been a believer in the notion of slaving away to a nine to five that we hate working at and working so hard to build someone else's 
dreams. I truly believe in creating our own reality, our own dream job, so that we can live each day excited to wake up and not living in dread or living in fear. And I know not everyone was born like this or believes in this, but it was ingrained in my DNA from when I was a kid. So if this resonates with you, just keep listening. Growing up, my father was an entrepreneur. I watched him build multiple businesses, and I watched him have massive wins as well as massive failures. But one thing he said always sticks with me. He said, build a business you love and then hire people smarter than you to run it so you can take the profits off the top and enjoy your life. And that is what he did. When I was young, he owned a construction company and he built houses around our small town of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, including when I was four years old, he built my mom and I a beautiful five bedroom house on Lake Ellen Drive, which was actually situated between a lake in front and a creek in back with a beautiful waterfall connecting them. And I know it's crazy. I can't make this stuff up. It was the most beautiful home situated in the most gorgeous space. He just really had an eye for figuring this stuff out. And I really fond memories of going to construction sites with him and how cool it was to see a piece of land go from patchy grass and mud to a beautiful house that a family would then move into and make a home, call a home. And not only did my dad build homes, but he also fought to have low-income housing built in wealthier areas of our town. So children in those low-income households would be districted to go to good school districts where they could get that top-notch education that everyone deserves. So there was an altruism in his business as well that I've always admired. And in the late 80s, my father hit quite a roadblock. There was this savings and loan crisis, which devastated families in the 80s, and it hit him hard. The savings and loan system was originally created to promote home ownership for the working class, and it was a huge opportunity for people like my dad. It offered lower than average interest rates on deposits and lower than average mortgage rates. But Just like we saw in the subprime mortgage crisis of 2007 to about 2010, this was also a house of cards that was bound to come crashing down, and it did. And by 1989, I think thousands and thousands of these savings and loans had failed, and thus my father's business was forced to declare bankruptcy. And you would think this is the type of situation that would tear a family apart, force them into poverty, or force business owners like my dad to give up, but not him. My dad started over, and with help from my mom, who worked at UNC as a curriculum creator, uh, not only did they come back from this crisis, but my dad also paid back all of the debts that he owed when he declared bankruptcy and went on to create a brand new career for himself. And he did something super unexpected. My dad decided to go to law school while I was in high school. So yes, this man was a total risk taker. Now you know where I get it from, right? So cut to a few years later, and my dad has become an attorney, and it was time for me to go to college. So I moved about two hours away. And around the same time, my parents decided to move into their beach house, which was about 30 minutes from my college town. So we all moved. And what happened in this small beachside community of Surf City, North Carolina on Topsail Island was that my dad became the go-to lawyer in town for property law and real estate closings. And he just built a big business by becoming the attorney for people who were starting to get to know him. So they were starting to know, like, and trust him. His clients became friends who we would barbecue with. They would come over. We would go on boat rides with. We would have dinners with and drinks with at the one bar in town. And he used his previous construction skills and knowledge of the housing industry, not only to be this attorney, but also to start buying and selling real estate 
and flipping homes. And so by the time I was a sophomore in college, my dad had become a millionaire. And there he was building multiple businesses, doing what he loved every day, riding his motorcycle around town, taking my mom, our dog and I out on the boat every weekend, and just cooking dinners for families and friends and neighbors and just creating the life that he envisioned for himself. And so this story is really what shaped me into believing that when it came to building businesses and entrepreneurship, anything was possible. And that risk taking was rewarding. And that's why I've always been an entrepreneur. This is why I take risks in my life. And this is why I always have seen perceived failures as obstacles steering us in the right direction, in another direction. And now, many of you may know, if you're a regular listener of this show, that this bliss didn't last as my dad did end up facing a health crisis and I did lose him to cancer. And I didn't inherit those millions because of mismanagement of his estate by a very awful person who sought to ruin us financially and did. But that's a story for another time because I did come back from it. <laughs> but the point is, is that this inspired me to create the life that I wanted to live and make an income that allowed me to live that life and also to be able to spend time with friends and families and do the things I wanted to do like films, podcasts, books, coaching, and all of the things that just light me up inside. You know, I've shared this story before, but essentially I lost my mother, I lost my father to cancer, and then I lost all their money to complete mismanagement of the state. So I had to start from scratch, just like when my father started from bankruptcy, I had to start all over. I had no money, but I had passion and I had some skills. So I luckily had a college degree in video production. I was good at what I did. And I had a passion for health. I had a passion for social justice. So I had to combine those skills in order to create my own businesses. And so the Food Heals VIP Club was really born out of the fact that I want to share more stories, more behind the scenes of how these wellness entrepreneurs are running their businesses. And one of the coolest things that happened to me when I started Food Heals, you know, so many of my guests had these incredible healing stories to share. And then they had also built incredible brands helping others learn about health and healing. These were the authors, the podcasters, the bloggers, the coaches, the filmmakers, and all the things. And they were using their transformational stories and their miraculous healing journeys, their voices to create the life that they desired. So I wanted to know more. I wanted to learn what they were doing to create those careers around their passions. And that's what the Food Heals VIP Club is. It's where we're going to go behind the scenes of our podcast guests, where you will learn the exact systems, strategies, and real world advice and inspiration on how you can build a career out of the knowledge, expertise, experiences, and passions that you have had in your life. You know, people need your voice. They need your perspective. They need your stories. Your unique perspective is unlike anyone else's because it has been formed by your life experiences and everything you have been through up to this point in your life. And if you have been through something, you can help others going through that same thing. If you have mastered something, you can help others who need to master that same thing. Wherever you are on your life's journey, there is someone who needs your help even if you're just one step ahead of them. I don't care who else is doing it. It doesn't matter if it has been done before. There are more people who need your help, who need your healing, who need your knowledge, than there are people teaching it. And nothing that you are going to do has ever been done before, because no matter what it is, you'll do it your way. 
By helping others, by serving them, we can create careers that we absolutely love. For me, when I started my video production company 13 years ago now, I accepted a few clients with video production needs that didn't matter to me, that I wasn't passionate about, and it showed. You know, I decided that after a couple of those experiences, really to stop accepting clients who wanted to do things that didn't serve the world or help others in some way. I wanted to do media that mattered, which ended up becoming my tagline. You know, if you see my brand or my budgets or proposals or invoices or any of that, they all say Melody Productions Media That Matters. And with that in mind, the right clients started to be attracted to me. And so now for years, I've exclusively worked with clients in social justice, in public health, in holistic health, in wellness, to create videos to inspire people to get educated, to get into action, and to make changes into their own lives, and to help others. And all of this while getting paid to do exactly what I wanted to do, creating a career out of my passion to serve. And then four years ago, the same thing happened with Food Heals. When I started Food Heals, I didn't think, I want to make a million dollars. I thought, I want everyone to know that the body is designed to heal itself if given the tools that it needs to do so. I wanted to inspire people to stop outsourcing their health to doctors and pills, but instead to take their health into their own hands through nutrition and alternative medicine. And what happened was I ended up building a brand out of helping people that became so popular and lucrative that I could continue to use my voice to provide a platform for healing stories, to podcast, to make films, to write books, to host masterminds, to speak on stages all across the United States and the world, and to continue to shout from the rooftops that food heals. And that's what I strive to do every single day, you know, reach more people with my message. And that is what the VIP club guests are going to do for you as well. Just inspire you that you can do it too. If this is resonating with you, you can do this. So today I'm going to play for you some of my favorite clips from the brand new VIP club. And if you're ready to join, you can just go to glow.fm slash food heals. You can sign up right now. The VIP club is $5 a month and this $5 and 55 cents a month really helps feed my green juice habit and helps me create more incredible content for you. And the Food Heals VIP Club episodes will appear anywhere you listen to podcasts. There's no extra app to download. There's no login and password. You won't forget where to find your episodes. You're going to simply sign up at glow.fm slash foodheals and specify exactly where you listen to your podcast and all your VIP Club episodes are going to show up right there in your app. So now let's give you a preview of what you're going to learn in the Food Heals VIP Club. So today you'll hear clips about manifestation, coaching, podcasting, writing books, automations, the power of storytelling, all the things we're going to cover. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. First up, I'm playing you a clip from Avita Rampart's VIP episode. You remember her. She's incredible. Healed herself of ovarian cancer, one of my very first clients when I moved to LA. And she is a rock star when it comes to life and business. In this episode, we're discussing her life as a health coach, author, speaker, and retreat leader, and how and why we've got to give ourselves permission to charge for our gifts. Here's Avita. 
you know, I never planned really. I never went out to the world trying to become a health coach. It mm -hmm. kind of landed on me. When I healed myself, when I shedded pounds, there were so many people asking me, oh my gosh, how did you do this? Right. Can you guide me? Can you guide my mom? If I gather a group of friends, could you take us for, you know, through this journey and can we cleanse with you? Yeah. And it just became spontaneous. It was by the power of my example. And I wasn't even trying. I was just being me. Right. So this is why I feel the biggest thing that you can do if you want to begin a health coaching profession is become a living proof of what you can give to people. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. So first of all, begin with your own journey, with your own healing. That's why we are sharing here with you information on how to do a three-day cleanse, how to jumpstart your own health and wellness. When it comes to making money on health, yeah, think about it this way. There is a gigantic, gigantic parasite industry which is making trillions on disease. So if you ever catch yourself on, is it okay for me to charge for my time for delivering this knowledge? Look at this. Is it okay for them to do that? Right? It's time for us to embrace money because if we good people, healthy people and conscious people, if we embrace money, we're going to transform the planet. Absolutely. Because we're going to create structures and systems and companies that will basically bring solutions in a sustainable way. Number first is be an example, right? Mm -hmm. Health from inside out. Number two is embrace money. Allow yourself to receive. As a health coach, as a wellness coach, you do not really charge people for healing. The body heals itself. You charge them for your time. You charge them for your knowledge which you have gathered in form of a book, a video course, a retreat, whatever. And your own experience. And your own experience. And you charge them for your time. I mean, let's face it, you know, I have a kid and I would rather be at the beach with my child <laughs> than talk about, you know, how somebody can detox using their, you know, I don't know, do enemas and all of that, right? Mm -hmm. You know? So think about it this way. You don't charge for healing if you are a healer, right? The body heals itself. You just charge for knowledge and you provide an example, mm -hmm. okay? So here I, for example, I have an online scheduler where 15 minutes with me, it's a free consultation. And then later more, if you want to book me for 45 minutes or one and a half hours or one day, like one day intensive or a retreat, then you pay. And I use the internet very much for this. I built my own sales funnels and we have a technical team that we rely on. Mm -hmm. I know sales funnels sounds like, oh my gosh, I've heard that word. It's a nightmare. I don't know how to build it. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is that? What does what that mean? What the heck is this? Yeah. <laughs> so you see, a business in health is like in any other business. It depends on trust. People need to know you, trust you and like you. Yep. And you build this trust by giving something free. So you give a free consultation or you give a free ebook um, or a free video. And that way they get to know you a little bit, right? Then you should have a product to sell something cheap, something very affordable and something that will make them feel better, that will help them immediately. You want to solve the problem that your ideal customer has. So what is the problem that you are qualified to help them solve? Yeah, for example, a lot of women come to me because they want to lose weight, just like I did, yeah. just like I lost weight, yes? So first of all, they can download an ebook from me, Badass Detox, they can get it free. Mm -hmm. Then if they want, they get a video series, and that's something they purchase. 
-hmm. And as they feel better, they get results. Then they feel like, hey, you know, this thing works. Cool. What else can I learn from her? Right? Yeah. What else can I do? So you build the sales funnel. All that sales funnel is, is that you build trust little by little, little by little, offering more expensive programs that provide increasingly more value and more help. Right? So imagine this way. Here's a good question. What can a vegan learn from McDonald's? Right? (laughs) You know? We have a company that specializes in vegan marketing and vegan social media. That's what, where we like, we niche it basically so that we can help vegan business owners to grow, right? So we asked ourselves, what can a vegan learn from McDonald's? What can a vegan learn from Coca-Cola? Mm-hmm. You know, what can we learn from Shell, right? Let's be smart. Let's really embrace money to the degree that we can use their strategies and deliver the message for our cause. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you enter McDonald's, you probably remember this, right? I know none of us have ever been to McDonald's. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Never. Not in years, but yeah. That's right. Yeah. But if you ever enter McDonald's and see how your friend, not you, but your friend is shopping, okay? <laughs> Let's say he wants to, he's driving through the city and he wants to buy French fries, a bag of French fries. Okay. Mm -hmm. He pulls over. He says, okay, I just want French fries. The moment he punches his credit card, the moment the credit card is on the, on the desk, it shows he's invested, Mm -hmm. right? The lady asks him, okay. The cashier will ask, would you like Coke with it? Would you like a drink? Uh, yeah. Extra large. Uh, yeah. How about a salad? Okay. We also have a cheeseburger or a burger. Do you see this? Do you see what's happening? Yeah. Upselling. He upselling. He already put his, he already said yes to one thing. It's so much easier to get him going on another thing. That's why your number one client are people who already paid you. All right. They will gladly buy more stuff from you because they know you, they trust you and they like you. Yeah. And you're providing products that solve their problems and you're providing products that will help them because that's what you're passionate about and they can see that. So they don't see it as I'm being scammed or I'm being marketed to. They see it as, oh, wow, this is going to help me improve my life because everyone that's listening to this, I'm assuming is in the self-improvement business where they just want to help others like Avita does and like I do and like Susie does to help themselves have a better life, whether it's cleansing, whether it's changing their diet, whether it's letting go of the past, whether it's spirituality, whether it's business, whether it's nutrition, whatever it is, we're helping people and people need help. There are far more people that need your help than there are helping people. So to become a health coach or to sell products that help people is very necessary and it's really giving back to the world. So people that are afraid to charge for their information, really, you should be happy and know that you're doing good work by charging. You're making the world a better place by offering these products and services. There's nothing good about you being poor and helping people. Next up, we're talking to Sarah Centrella, aka the manifesting gangsta who quit her nine to five to become an author, a speaker, a coach, a blogger, and workshop leader, and really created her dream life using future boards. So in this clip, she's going to explain how she manifested some of her best moments like her Madison Avenue Barnes and Noble book signing by hustling, believing, and receiving. 
So as a coach, as a keynote speaker, as an author, lead workshops, all of the things that you've done, did you put them on a future board? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because over time, our dreams change or they evolve. And like I said, when I very first did my boards, I was in corporate. So my biggest dream was to rise up the corporate ladder. And I eventually did. I became vice president of sales and I had started out in the closet as an inside salesperson. Mm-hmm. And so at that same time, like the blog was really doing well and I was double hustling. I was building my brand on the side, basically all night long, single mom of three small kids and working a full-time corporate job. So I was like around the clock <laughs> doing both mm-hmm. things. And I think the first time I put writing or speaking in any form that showed up on my board was probably 2000. 11 board. And I put like a a woman on her laptop. And for me, that was like, okay, sit down and start writing. And then the next iteration was like a book signing. It was like a, a woman at a book table with a line, you know, of people. And so each year it kind of got a little bit more audacious. I was pushing those dreams further and further. And yeah, I have not stopped pushing them ever since. And they have continued to come true. I mean, one of my biggest dreams in the beginning with Hustle Believe Receive was I want to be able to buy my book at Barnes and Noble. And the big dream of that was like, I would love to have a book signing at Barnes and Noble. And so when it came out, I actually had a book signing at the Madison Avenue of Barnes and Noble in New York City with about 10 people who were featured in the book. And it was live streamed on Good Morning America and ABC News. So amazing. You can manifest things even bigger than that. That's awesome. I really appreciate you sharing that with us because I think that this is really, really powerful. And I love the fact of just in the other episode, you say you see it in your mind first, you believe it, then you find the picture that matches it on Pinterest, on Google search images, and then you put it and it's in your frame of mind every single day, whether it's in your bedroom or somewhere that you spend a lot of time. So you're just happen to see it whenever you walk by, whenever you're daydreaming, whenever you're spacing out, it's there. And we can all do this so easily. This is not hard. This is not rocket science. No, absolutely. And it there's so many ways that you can kind of surround yourself with what you want and put your focus there versus on all the other things that is taking up our day and our mental space, right? So like, get out of the mental space of like focusing on what you're doing today and your million lists and all this stuff and who's got what and blah, blah, blah. And just train your brain to time out into these places of like, wow, when I first walk into a Barnes and Noble and I can buy my book, what is that going to feel like? And you use that on the day when you've just been turned down by five publishers. (laughs) And it's a day where you're like, Oh, I'm going to quit. And you're like, Nope, there's going to come a day. That's always my thing. There will come a day where I will walk in and, and what will that feel like? So you keep doing that and you just keep making those transfers into this is what the end result is going to be and this is how it's going to feel. And the longer you focus on that, the faster it comes into your life. So powerful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing all of this with us today. I really appreciate it. So to hear the rest of the episode with Sarah, go ahead to glow.fm slash food heals. You can sign up right now for the food heals VIP club and download that episode. Tony is next. She is a podcaster, a blogger, a speaker, and author of plant-based on a budget. And in this clip from her VIP episode, we go behind the scenes of her biz to discuss how she went from broke to having multiple streams of passive income, which gave her the space to write her books and accomplish all her other goals and dreams. Here's Tony. 
I was so scared when I didn't have a job and I knew I wanted to do this work. I was so scared. I didn't have any income. Some people, they have cushion or some income coming from somewhere. I didn't have anything. I did have a small savings and I knew that if I only spent $1,200 a month, I could live, I could exist. (laughs) Uh, And so I said, okay, I'm going to give myself a year. I think I can make enough money. All I need is $1,200 to pay my bills and we'll see how it goes. So I tried everything. I was doing things that I didn't really want to do for money. Like I started doing ad revenue that I didn't really love, but it so helped me move forward. And now I'm much more selective about the ways I make money. But in the meantime, I was able to produce my own content. So I started doing first free meal plans. And then I made premium meal plans, which were $5. And that gave me a little bit of cushion of passive income. I created them and now they live there and they're always bringing me money every month. And creating different sources of passive income has been really, really helpful in maintaining and sustaining this as my job. And so I tried to create everything. You name it, I've done it. I've been doing this for three years. I've done a documentary. I've done podcasting. I've done everything. It's definitely not for the lighthearted. It's a lot of work. But if you're passionate and you, of course, know what it's like to hustle and do the hard work, it's totally worth it. I can never see myself going back to a different job. You are my hero, and I'm with you. Um, I have created in the past few years of doing my podcast, writing my book, working on my documentary, doing all the things, multiple streams of passive income through things like sponsorships, affiliates, online sales, online courses. And so what are some of the things that you would recommend that people could just get started with? I love the $5 recipe idea. You know, it's like start somewhere, start small, and then you can build it and build it and build it. No matter if you do nothing one month. If you decide to sit and watch every episode of Game of Thrones or whatever (laughs) it might be from day one, and you decide to take your entire month and do that, you're still going to have income coming in. So tell me about some of the, what would you recommend people do? I recommend checking out what other people are doing. So what was helpful for me was looking at income reports online. I looked at Pinch of Yum. I looked at Unravel. Those are great blogs who are making really, really great money on mostly passive income, but also some of their own e-courses or sponsorships or affiliate marketing. So there's just so many different things and see what applies to your website. So I was looking through those with a fine tooth comb thinking, how can I apply this to my blog? So one example is of Kate Kordsmeyer from Root and Rebel, whose income reports I follow every month. She does things that are relevant to her audience, but are definitely not relevant to my audience. So I have that idea of how she's applying that to her audience. And I look for ways that I can do the same, but that would benefit my audience. So I'm not compromising what is shown to my audience because they're my most important people. Like that's who I'm catering to. And so I then look at affiliates that would be beneficial in the lives of my audience. And so some that I use are, I do like Thrive Market. They are a good affiliate. I do use Amazon. In every recipe, I talk about the tools that I use. So I link those in my recipe posts so that I can make some money if they decide to buy through my Amazon affiliate link. And of course, I disclose everything so that people are on board. And often, they want to support my work. They want me to keep doing this work full time and 
continue creating lots and lots of free content that I am and know that that's a simple way that they can support me just by clicking on my links to buy through Amazon. Absolutely. And I think I want to go back to what you said, because this is so important. You're like, let's look at what other people are doing and then see how we can apply it to our audience. Because why would you create something that your audience doesn't want? So when you're thinking about what to create, whether it is a recipe, whether it is a course, whether it is a blog post, whether it is a podcast episode, ask your people what they want. Do surveys in your Facebook group. What are more people clicking on? You know, you can look at your analytics on different platforms, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, whatever. What do the people want and create it for them? Solve their problems. If you're helping people, there's no reason that they don't want to click on your links in order to help you or buy your course or buy your recipes in order to help you out because you've given them so much of your free time and they've learned to know, like, and trust you. In the next clip, we're talking to Kate Erickson about her journey into podcasting, entrepreneurship, and how podcasting is one of the most powerful mediums to connect with your audience. Kate is a speaker, podcaster, and the chief implementer at EO Fire, which is John Lee Dumas's podcast. And she also hosts her own show, Kate's Take, which is kind of an audio version of the EO Fire blog. And John and Kate do something really cool. They publish their income reports. So you can see that they're creating this massive of income through the medium of podcasting and doing what they love, sharing with their audience. And as I record this right now, they are currently taking time off to travel the world. So Kate and John are beautiful examples of people who have truly found their passion and created the ultimate life for themselves. I first learned about entrepreneurship when I like literally got so fed up with my corporate job that I just said to myself, literally, there has to be something else. Yeah, That was when I was like 30 years old. So I wasn't taught entrepreneurship from a young age. I didn't know that it existed. I didn't know that that was like a path that I could take. So it wasn't until I got like super fed up at my day job that I just went after looking for anything that was something other than me going into that office from nine to five. So that's how I found entrepreneurship. And my first introduction to podcasting was actually from John Lee when he started EO Fire because John and I are partners in both business and in life. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend when he started EO Fire. So he comes to me one day and he's like, I'm thinking about leaving my job and I want to start a podcast. This is my idea. What do you think? And I was like, what is a podcast? (laughs) I didn't know much of anything about podcasts at the time, but he was so incredibly passionate about like his idea and how he was going to be inspiring other people to become entrepreneurs. And that really rang true and, you know, close to my heart because again, I wish I would have had something that was teaching me about entrepreneurship sooner than I did. And so I totally supported him in launching his podcast. He launched EO Fire. Six months later, I quit my job and I came on board and joined the EO Fire team. And then it was about one year after that, that I started my own podcast. 
You know, it's so hard to imagine a day when Kate said, what is a podcast? And now it's what you are known for. <laughs> it's so crazy. And it's like been such a short period of time. But I think that really speaks to the power of podcasting is not only how like, I don't know if contagious is the right word, but maybe addicting rather. That's still not a very, maybe the most positive word that I could use for it. But it's just so energizing and uplifting and motivating and inspiring to be able to go to the iTunes store, get free targeted content on demand and have these people speaking through the microphone and you hearing it like in your earbud, making these personal connections with people. It's just such a powerful medium that when I finally did get into it, I'm like, where has this been all my life? Yes, that is so true. I feel the same way when I discovered it. I was like, I loved audiobooks. And so this was this treasure trove of short and quick audiobooks that I could listen to at all times and my car became a digital university because I was just listening to podcasts all the time and it was amazing. Yeah, I get super excited to hear people describe their car as a digital university. I absolutely love that. And it's so, so, so true. Like we get stuck in this mold of what we're supposed to do with our lives. And there's like this very set out path for us that once we graduate high school, we go to college. Once we graduate college, we get a job and the job has to do with our degree and all these things. Then we climb the corporate ladder and yada, 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 yada. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that if that's what you truly want in your life, but it doesn't happen have to be that way. And I love that podcasting is an avenue for people to express that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like podcasting for me did take my business to the next level. And I've talked about this a lot to Food Heals Nation, but I would love to hear from you how podcasting really can take people's businesses to the next level and why there is such a unique audience listening to podcasts that really you don't see with YouTube and Facebook and these other you know social media networks. Yeah, well, the hugest benefit of podcasting, especially for a business owner to add this as like a marketing arm to their business is that the audience you're reaching doesn't have to say no to what they're doing right now in order to tune into your podcast. Mm -hmm. There are not other mediums that this is true of. Like you mentioned YouTube and Facebook, that's two of them. If you're on YouTube watching a video, you can't be like doing the dishes or working out or walking your dog at the same time. Like for you to be able to fully engage with video content, you need to be focused on the video. Same goes for Facebook. If you're gonna be scrolling a newsfeed and engaging on your profile or in a community, you can't be doing many other things at that time. It's different with a podcast. So you don't have to say no to what you're doing right now to listen to a podcast, which is what makes it super, super unique for the listener. For the business owner, what makes it so powerful is that you're creating this very intimate connection with the person who's tuning in. Because again, they're getting to know, like, and trust you through hearing your voice every day or every week or however often you publish content. Because this content is just completely free and you're on the mic like spilling your knowledge and sharing everything it is that you have to give, these people are tuning in and thinking, oh my gosh, like this is so amazing that Allison and Susie are giving me this information about food heals and like how I could be using this in my life and how it could be bettering my life. And you guys are making this huge impact for people 
all through your podcast. So guess what? When a listener of your guys' podcast finally decides that they want to do something about their health situation or the food that they're putting in their body or how they're feeling on a day-to-day basis, they're going to turn to you guys and ask how you can help. And guess what? You guys maybe have like a coaching program or this VIP area online for people to go to. And because you've already built that intimate connection and they know, like, and trust you, you guys are going to be who they turn to. So that's why podcasting can be so powerful for a business because it really helps you not only get that worldwide reach, but it also helps you get that intimate, no like, trust connection. All right. Well, to listen to the full episode with Kate, you know what to do. Become a Food Heals VIP subscriber at glow.fm slash Food Heals. You'll get her episode and many more in the club. Go ahead and sign up. Next up, we're talking to Laura Powers. She is another incredible VIP guest who has truly designed a business around all of her passions. Six, in fact. Yes, she has six podcasts. They're all about different things that she cares about. And this has truly led her to lead that laptop lifestyle that a lot of people, let's be honest, on Instagram are just pretending to live. And her six podcasts have become a direct connection to booking clients so that they hear her on the show and they book her for calls. Plus she has affiliates and sponsors. Plus she has a number of books and her shows and books have allowed her to get press passes to major events as well as book speaking gigs all across the world. So here's a clip of us talking about her crazy and sexy journey. Like me, I know that this has given you a platform to interview people and learn, but also to promote yourself and what you do. And so can you, first of all, just tell us, I want to know the names of all six podcasts and what they're about. And then I want to know like (laughs) how it's helped your career. Absolutely. So Healing Powers podcast, the first one, we talk about kind of mind, body, spirit. That's the one that is really the most connected with my business automatically. And then I have the one I started after that was for writers. So I'm also an author and I have currently seven books on the spiritual realm. Okay. Sorry. Six podcasts and seven books. Yeah. Nation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah. I, a lot of what I write is channeled too. So it's kind of like having a writer's room in your head or something. (laughs) It's like very fast. So I actually, the writing part is very fast for me. It's, you know, the packaging of it and releasing it and all that is way more time consuming. Okay. I want to come back to this. So don't let me forget. I want to come back to channeling and writing, but please continue. Okay. So I started my podcast for writers and because I'm also interested in screenwriting and film and television, I included screenwriting and books for that one. And then I was like, oh, I should do one for just film and television. So I started that one. And then I'm also a singer and a songwriter. So I started one on music called Behind the Music. And I love design. So I started one called Design By for fashion. And then one that is on kind of tech and marketing and business and lifestyle called Powers Hour. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) Okay. So I'm obsessed with all these because I mean, we're the same person. Like I have so many obsessions that I want to talk about all the things. And that's why Food Heals has evolved to talk about more than just the healing power of food and plants, but really mind body spirit approach and interviewing psychics like yourself and (laughs) you know talking about all the things but when you started in your career and you were like I'm gonna start podcast one and it turned into six what did those podcasts do for you in terms of like booking speaking gigs and 
of roles and I know that you travel all the time to visit celebrity clients. Like, tell us about what it's done for you. Yeah, it's been such a huge part and I had no idea when I started it exactly what it would do for me. I just felt really, you know, compelled to do it. But, you know, as someone who's intuitive and psychic, if I get a message to do something, even if I don't know why, I will. But yeah, it's huge. I regularly book clients that hear from me on my podcast or on someone else's podcast because I do right now tend to do like say three to four interviews a week on other people's shows. And that's a great strategy Mm -hmm. for growing your own business and your own podcast. Absolutely. It's huge. And so, you know, people hear about me either for mine or for someone else's and then connect with mine. And sometimes it might not be right away, but eventually a lot of those people end up becoming my clients or at least knowing about me, maybe reading a book, sharing information with me about someone else. Because especially as a psychic, it's very much like word of mouth, you know, more than some other businesses, people really want to hear what people's experiences are like, and then they tell their friends. So that's been huge. And a lot of it is just kind of building this platform. So it's the podcast, it's the books, it's other media. I've also utilized the podcast for other media placements. So that's something a lot of podcasters, I don't think automatically think of, Mm -hmm. but it's huge. Like, so I've been on, you know, the major networks, as I mentioned, I was on the Ron Burgundy podcast. And I know that having my own platform and a lot of experience being interviewed and interviewing helps me get those gigs. So on your bio, you've been on BuzzFeed, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, Vice. And those are just a few. Yeah. I mean, all from podcasting. So it's like your own PR machine. It's like people hire PR firms or PR people to help them with this. And is that something that you've had to do or has podcasting just automatically led to these appearances? So it's really been just having professional materials, knowing where to look and how to pitch yourself. But frankly, haven't done it a ton. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you know where to go, and then you follow your intuition on top of that, I think that's kind of like a magic formula to get things happening fast. And also, yes, do work through any connections that you have. So a lot of what I get, I'll get from clients, meaning like clients will have an experience with me and then they will tell someone that they know who, by the way, is a producer or whatever. (laughs) And then, you know, they want to book me, which is fabulous. The power of networking cannot be undersold. Oh my gosh. And that is one of the things about podcasting is it's actually an amazing way to network and connect. And, you know, just like we're doing, you've been interviewed for my show and I'm on your show. If you meet other podcasters, that's frequently possible. And also podcasters know a ton of people. Yeah, so true. (laughs) Right? Because they're talking to people all the time. Yeah. And usually connected people and people that know their stuff. And next up, we have a clip from an incredible story where Ronsley Vaz shares a bit of his journey from going from $500,000 of debt into becoming a very successful podcaster, author, event producer, and agency owner. I mean, he works with incredible people like Gary Vee. And all of this because he took huge risks, bigger risks than I even took, and never gave up on pursuing his passions. So what happened when you started the podcast? Did it blow up? Did it fail? Did it? Yeah, I knew it blew up. That's what I thought. (laughs) So started the podcast because I was cooking for these people and I was realizing a few things that was like glaring in the face that they knew that they had to eat right and they were very particular about how they ate. However, if their kids had going through a hard time, the first thing they would say would be like, let's go to McDonald's or let's order a pizza. And then I was realizing that these kids were getting these these associations with food for reward that were not really good for them. Right. 
And I was like, I wonder if I can talk about this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And then I met Michael O'Neill. Uh-huh. He was going on about a podcast and, and I literally had... I remember $209 in my account at the wow. time. Yeah. And I spent $179 of those to buy my first Behringer podcast kit with my microphone. I did three shows a week, did all the show notes and everything myself. Mm-hmm. That's and a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I had a million listeners in four and a half months. That's incredible. Yeah. What an amazing statistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, what happened at the time was... I was paying half a million dollars in debt mm-hmm. and everything I was making or we were making was going towards paying this thing down wow, because yeah. because the main thing I didn't want to do was declare bankruptcy because mm-hmm. then I couldn't run a business again yeah. and that would have killed me. <laughs> right. But the point is that we were just trying to get above water, I suppose, yeah. right? Yeah. And the best thing about the podcast was that I was kind of borrowing people's energy for mm-hmm. that hour. Mm-hmm. And even though... Cause that time was hard. Like we had a seven day eviction notice. Oh my God. We had people guys. coming to the house and to take the car away and like all that kind of stuff was going on. Oh, right. Wow. So in that time I was like, Oh, I got to interview this person and <laughs> <laughs> come in and take my house and my car, but I got to do this interview. I mean, right? good for you. <laughs> That's amazing. I was reaching out to these people who were saying yes. And I was like, wait, what? Did they just say yes? That's crazy. Um, Were they like big chefs or like big names? Yeah, episode 10 was Daria Rose, Kevin Rose's wife, who's Uh a PhD in food. Oh, wow. She wrote a book called Foodist. And I actually love Daria's philosophy around things. And I couldn't believe she said yes, to be honest. (laughs) So that just blew my mind. And what was happening was I was having these conversations like now, my energy is changing, right? Right. So even though I was in my head and... I was kind of going, I don't know where this money is going to come from. (laughs) The conversation was taking me out of my brain Mm -hmm. and it was helping me almost like my guest was lending me their energy for that period of time. And that was the big savior for me at the Mm -hmm. time. So yeah. And then a million listeners on and then everyone was like, help me start a podcast. And I'm like, here's my Evernote folder. And they're like, no, I don't understand any of this stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then from that point, uh, I said I'll do eight people. I'll do that in a group. I'll do six in a group and two one-on-one clients. Coaching call? Coaching. Okay, so you're coaching. So is this one of your monetization streams from your Bon Appetit podcast? Yeah, because okay. everyone was like, help me start a podcast. And I said, and they couldn't understand my Evernote folder. So I was like, All right, I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll create a course. And I created Seven Steps to Broadcast Your Message. I remember my first course. Nice, nice. Uh, M-E-S-S-A-G-E broke up into seven steps. Okay, cool. Um, Love it. In a week, I sold all eight spots and there was $32,000 in my account. Oh my God. But you're still half a million in debt. And you just proved to yourself you could make 32 grand in a week doing Um, this crazy podcast. And I hadn't even created the course. I only created the outline of the course. So you pre-sold it. I pre-sold it. (laughs) entrepreneurial course actually before all this podcasting stuff happened and before i had the idea to even open the the Mm -hmm. uber for chefing or any (laughs) of that stuff i did an entrepreneurial course it was 10 grand okay and we didn't have that money yeah and i actually said to rochelle she's like how was that thing you took the course you didn't create the course this is before the podcast and stuff like when the restaurant shut yeah and she said no you're doing the course we'll find the money oh you guys are amazing and if not for that like, I don't think any other stuff would have happened past that point. So you're half a million in debt. And you're like, we're going to go another 10 grand in. 
This is amazing. There are lots of mistakes I've made as a creative. But taking risks was not one of them. Uh, no, I think I jumped more often because I kind of like felt like there was always going to be a plane I could build on the <laughs> way down, maybe. But then the 32 grand coming into the account was insane, I think. And I realized that I could just pay this thing off. So we paid off $478,000 in two years and one month. Wow, that's really incredible. Yeah, and we went debt free. When I say it out loud, I think like, I, <laughs> I don't know how we did it, but we did it. So if you want to hear the rest of Ronsley's story, you can go to glow.fm slash foodheals and subscribe to the Food Heals VIP Club, where you'll get access to bonus content, including Ronsley's story for $5 a month. I think it's a no brainer, but go check that out. Another important aspect of entrepreneurship is learning how to manage your time and being sure to allot enough time for working, but also for self care and taking care of ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. In this clip from our VIP club with author, educator, coach, podcaster, and Food Heals OG Chris McPeak, we discuss how to manage your time effectively and efficiently. Time management is about honoring two things first. One of those things is your work-life balance, and one of those things is your self-care. So my theory is that if you are honoring your work-life balance and only working eight hours a day, if you're honoring your self-care and you are sleeping eight hours every night, then do the math, right? 24 minus eight minus another eight leaves you with eight. And those are the eight hours I want to empower people to elevate. Because if you're making the best use of those hours, you're really going to have a life that's fulfilling, that's encouraging you to rest and put the right amount of energy and time into your work to where you're not a crazy person and you're enjoying the things that make you feel good. I love the way that you broke it down into those three eight-hour chunks because it's so true. And when you think about time that way, it really makes it clear where you want to prioritize and when. So take us through some of your strategies to really elevate those eight hours. Yeah, sure. Okay. So to make this work, I have these eight tasks and a lot of it is really mindset shift as much as it is putting in the details to actually perform the task. That's a really good point. That's the first task is to figure out how long it takes you to do some of these base things that are part of your everyday life. Have you ever heard of this concept, Chris, that time expands to the time allotted? So if you say, I have two hours to do this, you literally do it in two hours. But if you don't, it could take five hours. Do you know this concept? Yeah. Well, I think I know it is Einstein time. It's something that Gay Hendricks oh, okay. talks about in the book. I think it's called The Big Leap. He goes into the same type of thing that the minute you get stressed out about time and you tell yourself everything's going wrong and I'm going to be late, then you're going to mm -hmm. be late. But right. if you make your way to the the example that he used in the book was like rushing to the subway and your coffee spills on you and you have to stand the whole time because all you've done is tell yourself, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, like the white rabbit right. or whatever. <laughs> if you're going into the start of your task and you're thinking like, everything's good, I have no worries, then you're going to get that seat on the subway, your coffee won't spill, and you're going to get to the meeting before the rest of your peers will. So yeah, I think it's exactly what you're saying, that when you need to fill time, you fill time and that's whether you're doing something productive or doing something not productive. But when we get a grip on that, then we really can turn it around and make time work for us. Like you're saying. 
Next up, we're talking with pageant coach, motivational speaker, performer, and Goodwill ambassador, Janice McQueen, who shares with us a surprising way to discover your unique gifts. It's something that definitely works for me, and I'm very excited to share it with you today as well. You find it when you start working where your gifts lie, and Mm -hmm. that's what I do. I help you find your gift. And sometimes that is an aha moment for so many people and free gives them freedom. Absolutely. And it's mm-hmm. only all you're doing as a facilitator is reflecting back to them what they already know inherently inside, but sometimes you're not able to access it yourself. So getting a coach can help you see something right that might have been right in front of you for a long time, you know. Absolutely. And I have coaches. I'm part of your Rise and Bloom and at a calibrated yeah. group. And your ability to help mentor me is something that I cannot do for myself. So we have to reach out to people to help us. I have a fitness coach that when I need help mm-hmm. and I need that next level help. I reach out to her. So we all have our, our course in life and we need to help those who need that help and also stay in our course and grow and develop that course. Because I truly believe if you work where you're supposed to work, you become the best that you can be at that. And that's a hard thing to learn. I've always been a jack of all trades and a master of none, but Mm -hmm. as of late, especially since the first of the year, I realized where I master. And that is helping others. How do you discover what you master? Well, I went through something that I really highly recommend, and that is decluttering your life. You, Uh, I'm doing that right now. You go, girl. (laughs) It's something I truly believe in. I have started decluttering. I've been decluttering for about six months now, and I'm at my my last stage. I do it in cycles, and I I recommend Mm -hmm. doing that. And I think I'm on my fifth cycle, and I might even do another one. But you've got to go through everything that you own and everything Mm -hmm. that you cherish, and you have to look at it and see if it brings you not only the joy, but it mm-hmm. brings you a purpose and yeah. you decide whether it stays or it goes. Does it go to, and I believe in it going to someone that needs it yeah. and you give it to someone that needs it. You donate it to someone that needs it. And then you move on. You don't feel sadness with that because you let it go. And by decluttering everything in your life, especially your possessions, and realize what's important to you, you also realize what's important to you. You know, you start so to evolve as a person. And there's good loss and there's bad loss. You and I have both suffered bad loss, but there's also good loss when you let go of things that no longer serve you as a person. They're just cluttering your life. And if you can declutter those worldly possessions, you are then able to understand what your purpose in life is. And I've evolved through that the last six, I'm going in my seventh month. So I started the first of the year and I can really tell a huge difference in my effectiveness with other people, my effectiveness with where I want to go in my life. And that led me to my podcast and launching that and feeling really good about everything that I've done and what I plan to do. I love this. And I'm so excited that that created space for you. And I've experienced the same thing. I think when our homes are cluttered, then our minds are cluttered. If our computers are cluttered, our minds are cluttered. So it's like, clean up your digital space, clean up your physical space. I've been doing a major, not really renovation, but I've been changing out my rooms and my closets and mixing things up. And 
in doing that process, you find a lot of old boxes that you're like, oh yeah, what's in here? And it can be emotional to go through those things. And I was actually having quite a hard time. And my friend Karina came over and A, she's really good at this and B, she cares about me. So she was like, we're going to get this done. And she made me take out everything, cleaned out one closet and I had to take out everything, put it in a category. And then either it was a place for everything and everything in its place or get rid of it. So if there was no place for it, it had to go. And I could create a place for it, but was that going to take away space? from something that I needed more of. So we were asking ourselves these questions. Plus, like you said, does it bring you joy? You know, does it have a purpose? And so doing that exercise, it's very powerful. And I was crying at some points because I was releasing some stored emotions. But every time we cry and let go, we're opening up space for a new energy to come in. So I think that's such an important topic to cover. And if you're currently in your life and you feel stuck, it's like, go declutter a drawer. See how you feel. It might hurt at first but then it's going to feel great. (laughs) It does. It does hurt quite a bit, especially when you're going through old photos or, and I do the same thing. I'm taking all my photos and I'm having them scanned and putting them on my computer so that Mm -hmm. I have less like stuff and helps restore them and keeps them so that they are good memories and great memories of your past without keeping that space of clutter in your home. But it is hard. It's very hard. You really do learn what's important to you. And then I would add a step further in that when you do buy something, because we are all consumers and we, you know, who doesn't love to buy something? It brings us joy. Retail therapy. Hello. I love shopping. I I know. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it needs to be something you need. I don't buy anything until I actually need it. And that has helped me so much with decision-making because I go in, I'm like, do I need this? Do I not need it? If I don't need it, then I'm like, I'll let it go. And then that's great because it allows me opportunity for other things in my life. Because again, I'm not adding to my space. I'm just continuing that phase of declutter, but also simplification, which really helps me grow creatively. All right. Well, we talk a lot about health hacks on Food Heals, but I also love talking about business hacks. So in this clip, I'm hanging out with Michael O'Neill, who's host of the Solopreneur Hour podcast, who also coined the term proudly unemployable, which I think applies to just about everyone on today's show. Michael explains how to save time and money by creating automations that these are things you probably won't hear about anywhere else. Before we get started, can you tell me, you know, what does it mean to you to be a solopreneur? Initially, when I started this, it was like anytime you hire someone's business, but you actually get them, that would be a solopreneur. So it could be an actor or a comedian or a musician or an author or an online business person. But what I realized is if you took like an overhead projector overlay, they all have to do basically the same kinds of marketing and branding Mm -hmm. and, you know, in this case, different automations. Because as a solopreneur, there's only so much time you have in the day. Right. And so I would do all these free coaching Friday shows and I would say, you know, the cliche, what are you struggling with? Right. Almost everybody would respond. There's not enough time in the day. Right. I don't have enough time to get all this stuff done. And who can solve that problem without a, you know, a time machine or something? Exactly. (laughs) You know, and so... I thought, well, that's interesting. A lot of people that are in this space where they either weren't making enough money, weren't committed enough, or were maybe just getting started with their businesses and didn't have a full team around them to do a bunch of stuff, you know, or 
didn't want to. They didn't want the complication. Mm-hmm. My buddy Mike runs an online drumming company. He makes like three, four hundred grand a year. And it's just him and his wife. I think it's one of the things that we do as marketers is everyone's like, oh, you got to outsource. So you instantly start outsourcing everything. And now you've got six people that are doing stuff for you, but you don't really have enough money to do that. Right. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. It feels good. You're like, oh, my assistant's taking care of that. But you're like, really? Why do you need an assistant yet? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I got really attracted to these automations of like, how can I make my life easier and actually give people more time back? And so that's kind of what I've been nerding out with. Yeah. And I love that because it's like, we all need more time. That is the top complaint you hear from people. There's not enough time. It's like, we have to create the time. And so how do we do that? By making tasks that take us a long period of time that, yeah, we can outsource, but that's also you're losing your money to make the tasks take a shorter amount of time. And that's something that I've slowly been learning how to do. And I'll make a video on how to do something and go, well, how can I optimize this and skip this step and that type of thing. But what you have done, what you've showed me multiple times with, you know, you like Surrey. I was never a Surrey fan. Yeah. Well, Siri is different than shortcuts. Mm-hmm. So Siri is the engine. But when iOS 12 came out on the iPhone, they brought with it an app called Shortcuts. And it was a rebrand of a previous app that had already been out in the world. I forget what it's called actually now, but Apple bought it and then said, all right, this is now our app. Mm -hmm. So they've integrated all of these really cool connections to Siri and all of these external apps. So you can send stuff from Siri to, say, Zapier Mm -hmm. or to WordPress or to Trello or to Slack or to any of these things that people use for project management. And now it has native connectivity to some of these apps, which makes things really, really cool. Yeah. So if you're a podcaster, for instance, and I haven't done this, I don't think in front of you yet, but I'll show you, is that we just recorded a podcast for my show. Mm-hmm. I have a full automation set up for Siri shortcuts for my show notes. So I just have to say, hey, I can't say it out loud because both my phones will be like, yes, I can just say show notes and then it'll pop up. It'll have a dialogue box. So I just have to speak and it'll be like, Allison Melody on how to heal your body with food. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll be the title. Then it'll blank out. Then I'll start speaking. Allison was in studio today. We talked about blank, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then it'll have a thing up for a link. Mm-hmm. And I can say foodhealsnation.com right. is your link. And then another one where I insert my live read for the ad. As soon as that's done, that is now a WordPress draft ready for me to post the show. That takes about 15 seconds. That's brilliant. Right. And so I have a WordPress stuff that literally all I have to do when I go and post the show, grab a photo of my guest, go in, look at the WordPress, make a couple of tweaks. I sure. mean, 30 seconds worth of tweaks, upload the photo, boom, show's done, show's out. Yes, I love the efficiency of that. And I really need to (laughs) make mine a little bit more efficient. So can you tell us a little bit about what is one of the most unique automations that you've created? To me, handwritten thank you cards are still the coolest thing ever, right? And I thought, how can I do this one? Because this is crazy. So first, and this is how I reverse engineer this stuff. First, I was like, what companies are out there that do like handwritten cards, either with a group of people. Do they have a group of people that are in a room and you send them an email with what you want to say and then they literally handwrite it Mm -hmm. and stick an envelope and send it. But I found a company called Handwritten 
which is H-A-N-D-W-R-Y-T-T-E-N, mm-hmm. which uses robots, but they use robots that mess up just enough with their penmanship that it looks real. And they write with real pens. I mean, that is so crazy. I love this. It's not a print. Like, they're right. writing with a pen. Right. And when you look at it, like, the T's are a little different. The T's are different, so it's not like a font. You can't tell that it's... Yeah. Yeah, you can't tell that it's a robot doing it. And so now I have this thing set up where... I'll stay at someone's house and then I pop up the thing and it says, what's their address? And I put their name and address in. And then again, I speak or write so great to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So great to have you here, blah, 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 blah. Then hit send that fires over to Zapier, which then fires over to handwritten charges me five bucks Mm because they they charge a four fifty or whatever to do the card. And it's in the mail in like an hour and it's a real handwritten card that they get in their actual mailbox and they hold it in their grubby little hands. I love That's it. so cool. Because like, and you think about the time savings, okay, five bucks. It's like, well, if I had done that myself, that would probably take me at least 30 minutes because I have to think about it. I got to write it. I got to sit down, write it in nice penmanship, put it in the envelope, find the stamp somewhere in my house, go to the freaking post office. You know, that's easy 30 minutes. I would right. rather right. be out done. $5 than out Boom. 30 minutes. A cup of coffee. Yeah. You got it. And it's hard to explain how much impact that has for someone like it's a big deal when people receive something like wow that's like i still have thank you cards hanging on my you know in my kitchen Uh from people that have been like oh thanks for having me on your show and i'm like oh that's so sweet that they did that i know you know it really changes the narrative the first one i ever got i was like just touched you know the first time i was on a show and someone sent me a thank you card i was just touched by the thought that had gone into that so i love the idea that you can provide that same sort of experience for someone else but in less than five minutes right so cool All right, so if you want to get some more of those automation hacks, we go through quite a few in that episode. You know what to do. Go to glow.fm slash foodheals and join the Food Heals VIP club. It's just $5 a month, and I would love to have you in there. And finally, I'd love to wrap up with some final parting words of advice on health and business from an episode we did in the Food Heals VIP Club on the power of filmmaking, podcasting, and sharing your message with the world that I did with two of my friends and fellow filmmakers, podcasters, and brand new power couple, Samir and Laura. Okay, what are your final words before we end this VIP Club episode? For me, I would say have that vision for what you want your dream life to be like. And even if you have no idea how on earth that could possibly manifest, put it out there, you know, set the intention, believe that it's possible and start taking minor steps towards it. Pay attention to your intuition and it's magical what happens. I love that. (laughs) Samir? I would echo exactly the same sentiments. Yeah, listen to what your 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 intuition from a health side i would say again what i said before is about prevention is always better than cure and look after yourself eat well sleep exercise even if it's not going to a gym but find some way of doing something with your body that's physical that you enjoy playing sports so many things you can do really look after yourself that'll give your body the chance to listen to that intuition as well on a deeper level um, look after yourself and yeah just uh, all the best to everyone thanks for having me here 
what he said, Food Heals Nation, because obviously that is the whole reason we do Food Heals, even though today we're just talking about filmmaking and podcasting. But it's another facet of health to do what you love every day and to be happy when you wake up. And my final parting words of advice is, you know, I used to play small. And as I started to let go of that and shed some of my, I'm not good enough, who am I to do this? I started to live in my truth and stand in my power. And when I started doing that, everything changed and everything started to flow, the creativity flow the opportunities came, the money came, all of those things. So it's like, live in your truth, stand in your power, don't hold back, let go of toxic people, let go of toxins, do a cleanse, you're going to feel amazing. All right, thanks for listening, Food Heals Nation. I hope you enjoyed these clips from upcoming episodes on the Food Heals VIP Club. To join the club, go to glow.fm slash foodheals and you can get your bonus episodes straight to your podcast app of choice for just $5 a month. That's glow.fm slash foodheals. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately.